Let's cross stateside now to Kevin Cullen of the Boston Globe. Good afternoon, Kevin. How are you, Jonathan? Very well. Joe Biden and Paul Ryan faced off in the vice presidential debate last night. It was in Kentucky. Uh, Ryan offered a very calm defence of Romney's proposals, but Biden really came out with all guns blazing. Let's have a listen. 7.4 million seniors are projected to lose the current Medicare Advantage coverage they have. That's a $3,200 benefit cut. That didn't what we're happen. saying, more people signed these up. are from your own more, actuaries. More, blah, blah, blah. more people signed mm-hmm. up for Medicare Advantage after what, the change. What there's no, a, nobody is Mr. Vice President. Down. I know, no, no, this Mr. Vice President, this I know little... you're under a lot of duress to make up for lost ground, <laughs> but I think people will be better served if we don't keep interrupting each other. There, you, can, you can cut tax rates by 20% and still preserve these important preferences for middle-class taxpayers. Not mathematically it, possible. It, it is mathematically possible. It's been done before. It's precisely <laughs> what we're proposing. It has never been done before. It's been done a couple of times. Actually. It has never been Jack done Kennedy before. lowered tax rates, increased growth. Ronald oh, Reagan, now you're Jack Kennedy. Ronald Reagan... <laughs> Kevin, as Paul Ryan alluded to there, the one thing that Biden had to do was come out fighting, given that Obama's performance was a little lacklustre right. last week. Has, has he done anything to steady the ship? Well, I think it, he, this clearly was the debate we didn't have last week. Uh, Joe, Joe Biden was very aggressive. If, if there was one downside, as I watched it sort of uh, detached-wise, was that he was very dismissive and condescending to Paul Ryan. Now, that might have been exactly their strategy. The, you know, there's a 27-year gap between these two men, and Joe Biden has far more experience in Congress as a senator than, than Paul Ryan does as, as a representative. But I think it, it, it clearly played to both bases very well, because Biden is despised by Republicans, considered something of a buffoon. But he's also admired by uh, Democrats for exactly what he did last night. He just doesn't take any guff, and he goes right back at it. As we've always talked about this, this, this entire election cycle, Jonathan, it's how does this play with the middle? How does this play with people who are making up their minds, who last week came in back of Romney after a very strong performance? Is it seen as assertive and, and, and confident, or is it seen as condescending? It, 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 it's great that that clip captured Joe la- laughing, because... He did quite a bit of that last night. Did, but did that, not take, did that not take away from it? I mean, the little bits that I've seen yeah, in the debate, I didn't stay up to watch it. I mean, it seemed to yeah. dilute a lot of his argument that he was grinning like a Cheshire cat for most of the debate. For me, it was off-putting. I thought, I, I thought there was a way to be, to be tougher, as tough as he wanted to be without being condescending. It came, to me, came across to me as very condescending. I don't think it played that well. I don't think it would play well with independents who were trying to make up their mind. But it was, there's no question that, that, that I, I think Ryan clearly won on style. He was much more cool. But I think Joe Biden whacked him several times with things that were irrefutable. And I think it probably the straw, if for Americans sitting there watching this getting out of two unpopular wars, I think Joe Biden's strongest moment was when he said to Ryan, do you guys want to start another war? Is that what you want to do? And that really hung there in the air. The one thing they did make a lot of play of was uh, the Irishness that was on that stage last yeah. night. Were they trying to out-Irish each other? <laughs> you could see that, yeah. I, I guess it's funny because there was, when uh, they were using the word stuff and malarkey because those are words you can, you can actually say on, on national television, but they were suggesting that was code words for, for them being Irish. So I guess you can know where they were going with <laughs> Yeah, I think stuff can be claimed internationally. I don't <laughs> think we have any particular uh, claim to it ourselves here. I, I want to talk about Lance Armstrong because uh, so much discussion over Armstrong and, uh, and doping over the last couple of days. What's this about Nike maintaining their support for him? 
Yeah, Nike, even after the report, I read the report the other day, Jonathan. It was devastating. Um, it, it, it's not only that Lance Armstrong was, was doping, but he comes across as such a bully and somebody who really forced teammates to actually engage in doping, too. It, it, it's devastating. And yet Nike has is, is, is come out and basically reiterated this, even in, in response to the release of this report, reiterated its support of Lance Armstrong, basically issuing the same statement that they issued when he, when he would not challenge the anti-doping agency's findings. So clearly this is all about, at, at the end of the day, you always say follow the money, and this is about the money. Um, and I think when we talked about this initially, I think I, I was trying to explain that this story is actually bigger in Ireland and, and the U.K. than it is in, in, in America as a sporting story because cycling is just such a minor sport in the U.S. And I think we talked about that Lance Armstrong is identified by most Americans not as a, as a cycling champion but as a cancer survivor. Mm. And a lot of what's going on, uh, you know, the Nike support, the Nike refusal to turn their back on them isn't just about selling sneakers. It's about the identity and the identification with the cancer charities that he's involved with. And that's what's going on right now. He's actually converted himself or reinvented himself, Lance Armstrong has, as a triathlete. And he's actually running in a lot and, and taking part in these events, often, almost always, to raise money for charity, for cancer charities. So, but his, his approach, people, we all we're getting from him is the random tweets where he's basically saying he doesn't give two hoots um, right. what is said about him by the USADA or anybody. Um, and, and like, are the American public buying into that? Do they not realize this man was a cheat? I think that's accepted he was a cheat. Um, I think there's also sort of, I mean, I would actually compare it, it, it reminds me of sort of, I was in Ireland in, in, the, in the middle of the whole Michelle Smith situation, and I think there were some people throwing up their eyes, arms saying, you know, geez, everybody in that sport cheats. Um, and there's something, an element of that, and in, in, in particularly because Americans, as I said, don't follow cycling very closely, don't understand it. Uh, but it, it really does come down to you're at, the people that are not going to throw Lance Armstrong under the bus right now are people who identify him as somebody who raises millions and millions of dollars for cancer research. And mm. there's nothing you can do to that base to make them go away. They will not think any worse of this guy, no matter how many reports come out. But yeah, I also throwing away those yellow Nike, bracelets. Yeah, that's, there's a lot of money involved in that, too. But, you know, the other thing is, this it's still early days. Let's see how this plays out. I would not be surprised if, you know, Nike eventually moves away from him. But they're not going to do it right now. There's too much money involved.